0: amen thank you very much band thank you those are helping so that we can hear all of this together right. praise the Lord thank you have uh you ever been in a situation where you gave someone just the right gift at just the right time or or maybe a time when you received just the right gift at just the the right time you know the times uh, whether birthday or other holidays you know that you, you listen to what your your kids were saying they they really wanted you know what video game was just right and uh and you ended up hearing it and giving and it was just a celebration you know just the the joy and celebration came at just the right right time um uh my my son Nate and I had an opportunity like that with a my wife, uh, his mother, uh, Kathy. This uh, year, um, that uh, during during COVID, her work uh, had to come home, and so our computer to do all of our stuff on our computer, and it's in the basement, which is a good spot for it until COVID. Until you lived around your computer at uh, at at work at home, and it's just said once or twice, you know, it'd be nice if we just had the computer in a place with some more windows, and uh, and you know, 33 years of marriage, I listened. I've learned a few things, you know, you can listen to those things every once in a while and just, you know, file them back and say, let me remember that at just the right time. And so we, uh, uh, for birthday went and found just the, the right simple, easy laptop. And we sort of tricked her a little bit thinking, making her think it was something else that was really, you know, one of those times when you give somebody a gift, but it's really for you. You know we had tricked her to think we were giving her a gift that really it was what we wanted, you know, like you know giving her a big uh apple pie or, or something you know that would be more for us than for her um and but then when she opened it in a restaurant um you know just this. Scream and laughter and joy—it was just because it was just right. I'm not sure if it was the gift or she was just amazed that her uh, calloused husband finally heard her interests and desires and satisfied them at one time. Yeah, but it's good—that's good guidance right there. It's just good advice in all relationships. Listen to the people around you. What is it that they really like? What are their preferences? What is it that they value? What is important to them? And that's really good guidance for how to give them something that will be really meaningful and pleasurable for for them. So there, even today, if that's all you hear, just know that's good personal advice. But in our passage today, what we'll encounter, what we'll learn, what we'll see is, What is the most important thing to Jesus? What what does Jesus value at the core of his being? Now that's a much more important question, even than what we value one to another. But what does Jesus value? Because as we sang, he is our king. He's not only our king, he's the king of kings. He he is our judge. He's the judge of judges. You know, he, he puts supreme in judge. He is the supreme judge for all of us. So really important to know what our creator, our savior, the judge of the world values as most important. And, and and to look forward to that day. Uh, to what, our, our, when, with our Creator, what Jesus values, we will celebrate with Him and celebrate with Him for all eternity, in the fullness of life and, and love and trust and hope. Not not only then, but even now. What what is most important to Him? What's the the perfect gift, in a sense, that we can give to Jesus? Well, our passage today really, I believe, outlines that for us, points it out in really clear, concrete ways. This is the the pinnacle of what Jesus is teaching. Uh, throughout the uh, most of the summer, we've been in this, this, this series on what is essential. What is, inse- what is essential uh, to, to God in our lives? What's essential for how we're to, to live life? And the, the last several weeks, we've been looking particularly at this the, the day of judgment when uh, Jesus returns and we encounter him face to face and the the previous couple Sundays, Jesus has given us parables he's given us metaphors or similes and and we've had to interpret what does the, the the oil mean that the bridesmaids have in their lamps to be prepared for when the the bride and the groom. You know, are ready for the wedding feast. Uh, what uh, last Sunday we looked at? What what uh, what are the talents? When the the master gives us talents to go work, what do those talents represent? And so he's given us that opportunity to to imagine and live into those stories. But today he's going to tell us what is most important to him in concrete, clear ways by describing that day that he returns. So our, our passage is in Matthew twenty-five. Um, if you have a Bible, you have it on your phone. You're, you're at home. You can uh, go and uh, find that Matthew twenty-five. Uh, we're going to start with verse thirty-one. But let's uh, let's pray together. Almighty God, we give you thanks again for your written word. Uh, we we thank you for how it teaches us clearly. And directly. What is you value? What is most important? What truly leads to, to life and what truly leads to joy and the celebration of being with you? Teach us. Help us to hear from you. Help us to set aside the things that can distract us from you. Uh, help us each one, wherever we are with you today, to be able to To hear from you exactly what we need this day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Matthew 25, starting with verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. And before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Now, just to to note that beginning part, I mean, this is setting a grand scene. scene. You can imagine, you have to imagine because... We didn't have graduation ceremonies this year. But imagine the, the grand regalia and, and the music playing and, and the, the history and the legacy and all that is left and all uh, there gathered in all their robes and all the rest for the, the highest graduation ceremony. Uh, well, and just put make that go nuclear. And, and that's what this day will be. I mean, th- th- this, this will be that day beyond what we can even imagine. There's two words that that Jesus uses here that really capture that. And he uses the word glory twice and the word all twice. And so the the glory that is present is God's magnificence and beauty and and awe that is before us. It It is capturing the fullness of God's power and authority as the creator, the owner, and the ultimate judge of all the earth. The one who doesn't just give life, who is life. The, wasn't, the one who not, not, doesn't just love, but who is love. Present before all. And that's the other word. We're told that all the angels have gathered. I mean, can you imagine that stage? The, the fullness of all the angels gathered before Jesus as he is on his glorious throne. And then we're told, and all the nations... Not just Israel, not just a few nations, but all the nations are gathered before the throne of Jesus. And then we're told, and then Jesus will meet with them one after another. Each person will then be judged by Jesus and they'll be separated. One to the right and one to the left as we read. Verse 33. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed Into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you? hungry or or thirsty or a stranger or or naked or, or sick or in prison and did not minister to you. Then he will answer them saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus will appear to every human being, to you and to me. So he's telling us here on this last judgment and his question will be, what did you do to help those in need that crossed your path? Where, how did you feed the hungry? How did you clothe the naked? How did you give water to those that are thirsty? How did you welcome those who are strange to you? How did you care for those who are sick and visit those who are in prison? I mean, in this passage, Jesus gets direct and clear and specific. Concrete expression of what Jesus thinks is important think with me for a moment what are the other things that you think he would have said what that this is not what i would think is if you asked me you know 3 months ago hey judgment day what's jesus what's the first thing on his list what's the the thing that he's going to focus on the most would you have asked would you have thought that's what he was going to ask think about all the good stuff the important things now don't 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 hear me say these other things aren't important but these all these other things Jesus didn't ask about he didn't sit down with me and you and ask all right did you tithe now don't get me wrong tithing is very important do it it's very it's a part of our relationship with god and the work of god in our midst but that's not what he asked he didn't ask me did you worship me with vigor Did you study the Bible every day? Did you pray to me? He didn't ask any of that. He didn't even pull a bunch of preachers together and say, hey, did you preach the word with vigor and interest and truth? He didn't ask any of those things. Those were not the top of his list. The primary point of accountability that he presents to us on this pinnacle story. This is the last story that Jesus tells in his earthly life. After this is over, the next chapter is his betrayal, then his arrest, then his court case, then his conviction, then his crucifixion. He wanted to know, how did you treat the broken, the needy? Did you provide food? Did you provide a drink? Did, did you provide care and clothing? Did you provide companionship to those that are in need? Now and this it's absolutely brilliant because you know what this does? This makes all of us on the same level. You, you, to, to, to care for another human being does not take any spiritual great learning or training or understanding or any kind of special ability to do any one of these things. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to have a whole bunch of stuff. You can be anybody. You can be in prison and still visit a prisoner. It does not matter. It's a great equalizer and leveler for all people. And it's the very heart of Jesus concrete actions of helping people in crisis in trouble in need you know, the other thing that he doesn't focus on he doesn't say all right let's look at all the bad things you did let me point those things out now don't get me wrong it's not a good thing to do bad things we want to avoid doing evil right, that's really but that's not what he asked about he asked about one thing much more on the offensive side, not the defensive. What did you do in this way? How much more our, our confession before God it needs to be balanced. Not only the bad stuff we did, but also the good stuff we didn't do. He's very precise in this particular teaching that this is what Jesus gives primary importance to. This is what Jesus celebrates. It's what he cares about. And those who follow Jesus want to give Jesus the gift that he cares the most about. Those that follow Jesus want to care for the same things that Jesus cares about and give the same kind of attention to the things that Jesus spotlights. You know, also fascinating aspect of this passage is the surprises. Did you know there are going to be great surprises in heaven? All kinds of ways. There are going to be surprises. And everybody there was surprised on one side or the other. Neither side really thought about how they cared for and helped those that were in need, whoever crossed their path at that time, that they were also helping Jesus at the same time. I mean, if, and I pray and, and hope that I am with those that are on the right. And in Jesus, I know that I am. But if I'm in that group, and Jesus has that group there, you know, those that you, those that he said, All right, you're, the, you're the sheep. And then Jesus says, now I want to tell you, those, you, you cared for me when I was in prison. You visited me when I was in the hospital. When I was thirsty, you gave me a bottle of water. When I was hungry, you took me to McDonald's and got me something to eat. I think if that happens, I'm going to just go to the back of the line, you know, just sort of behind all the big crowd that will be there and just, okay, sounds good. Who am I to disagree with Jesus? I don't remember it. I don't remember seeing him. I think I'd remember his face. I don't don't remember it. I just sort of... Slink back in the back, but some of these people are really honest. And they're with Jesus. When did we do that? When, when did we care for you? And the, the same is true on the other side, just from the opposite perspective. When did, Jesus, if we'd known, if we'd known it was you, man, we, we, we would have taken you to Jeff Ruby's, let alone McDonald's. You no know, we we would have would have given you a, a a 2 liter of fizzy water not just plain water we would have taken care of you key point in this surprise the thing that i think is even most Marvelous and overwhelming in this particular passage, in this, this element here, this surprise, that not only does Jesus hold these actions of care, of feeding and clothing and giving companionship to those that are in need, that Jesus identifies with those who are in need. When you gave to them, you gave to me. It's not just Jesus from afar saying, good job. It's Jesus in the midst of that interaction. In a supernatural, spiritual way. It's mind-blowing to consider that when we give in that way, we are giving to our Lord, our Savior, our Creator directly. And, and, and in those days, in the first century, the, the people that Jesus lists here, the, the, the hungry, the thirsty, the, the, the naked, those that are sick, those that are in prison, those that are strangers in the land, those were the ones that the, you know, the, the culture, the values of the culture, the, the systems of the world in the first century, the, those systems, those values all said those people are cursed. Those those people we need to be separate from, uh, because they they somehow they've done something wrong to deserve their place, and we don't want to get dragged down with them. That the, the, that was the system of of those days, the system of thought. And Jesus, as he often does, takes the the systems, the ways of the world, the the, the apostle Paul calls it, and he just turns those on their head, upside down. are less than human, those very people are the people I identify with. So when you reach out and care for them, you're caring for me. But when you avoid them, you ignore them, you belittle them, you're avoiding, belittling, and ignoring me. And what I think is most powerful is I consider this, this passage is that what he's really ultimately giving us to apply this is not just a list of things to do because he gives us clear things. Hey, go do this. Yeah. You know, feed, clothe, visit, care for whomever it is in your world today who is the outsider, the one that gets demeaned or belittled. But in doing this, we encounter Jesus. This is a way, just like in prayer, just like in worship, that we meet and encounter him in ways that we see that the Jesus in us is starting to transform us. That we're starting to care for the same thing Jesus cares for. We're starting to focus on the things that Jesus focus on. And that gift brings joy to Jesus. You know, and, and recognize here, Jesus didn't judge the impact that we had. He didn't say, and you changed their life. Or you changed the system. Or you, you somehow changed the, the things around you. He didn't say that. He just said, you did this. You acted in love and compassion to those whom Jesus identifies. Ultimately, it's not about how others responded or if we change the world, but if we encounter Jesus in the simple act of care for those in need. I mean, in a way, this is like Jesus, in this passage, is telling us, clearly, um, like some of my favorite teachers in high school and in college, who said, this is what's going to be on the test. That was always helpful. to me. Hey, this is what's going to be on the test. Okay, I'm going to study that. I'm going to know that. I'm going to do those things. that they said, hey, it could be in this book, this book, that book, this lecture, that lecture, those notes, this article. I'm like, oh, where do I start? Jesus is telling us straight up, here you go. This is where you start. This is what it means. This is what it looks like to follow me. But why? Why is that what Jesus presents in in this, his final earthly teaching? Why is that what he says is at the core of his judgment? I believe it's because it's at the core of who Jesus is. It is the very essence of the character of Jesus to do what is ever necessary for humans like me and you, or me and you, (laughs) to have life to the full. As we are singing, to make a way. For us to celebrate with our Creator and our Savior. It's at the core of Jesus to do whatever is necessary to heal those who are broken. To bring food to those that are hungry. To bring companionship to those who are alone. Now having been in ministry in urban settings now for 28 years, You can't help but encounter regularly people who are in specific need. Um, One uh, that I encounter regularly here, we'll call him Walter. It's not his name. But uh, I encounter regularly Walter and uh, recently encountered him as I've been starting to prepare for this and read this. And and I, I stopped. Um, one time after going over to the family dollar over here and Walter was out and he asked for money. I said, oh, Walter, I'm not, not going to give you money, but go inside and get some food. And when I come back out, get some food for me and for him. When I leave, I give him some food and head back over here. And uh, I stopped one time after that, after I got back here and just said, All right, Jesus, if you're there, if you're in the midst of that, if you're in Walter, what how do I encounter you in that moment? What what what's going on with you and with me in in that moment? And I, I sat with him, with uh, with Jesus. And, and uh, some of the things that I considered that I got prompted to think about is, it's like Jesus telling me, you know, you know how sometimes you get really put off by Walter because he just makes bad decision after bad decision, and he and he keeps coming back asking for help. He goes, yeah, yeah, I do. He goes, so do I. Jesus said, I know that really well, and, and I, I think he was telling me that. And then I went on, and as I thought about that, Jesus said, you know how at times you can get ill iris, ir, irritated with Walter, and as you're walking up Hamilton Avenue, you'll go on the other side of the street. Because you don't want Walter asking you for whatever he's going to ask for, you know how you, you'll do that. He said, "Yeah, I do." You say, "I understand that. It can be hard at times, but uh, I, I I never cross on the other side of the street when you're on the same side of the street as me." You you know Jesus was telling me. You know how Walter sometimes can just come at the most inconvenient times. You know, you're in the middle of doing something really important. Maybe even preparing a sermon. And Walter can interrupt you. And ask for the silliest things that you know are selfish and and foolish and probably half lies. Jesus said, yeah. I I said, yeah, I know that. He said, Jesus said, yeah, I I do too. I, I know that. And yet even when you do it, I still love you. Even when you do it, I still died for you. Even when you do it, I'm still coming back for you. And I died and I'm coming back for Walter too. So so know this. Know this, I heard Jesus say. You're both equally needy for me. You're both equally broken, naked, hungry, thirsty, strangers, sick and imprisoned. You, you Neither one of you deserve me but you both need me. And I am one filled with steadfast love and compassion. And I suffer for you and for Walter and for all who follow me. I suffered and died for you to make a way. For you to be with me, for Walter to be with me forever. Forever. This is what it means to follow Jesus. This is why it brings Jesus such great joy when He sees people like you and me, even Walter, receive Him, believe Him, trust Him, follow Him, and then let Him in the power of His Spirit do the work to make us more and more like Him. So that in that day, when we see him face to face, we might even be surprised at all the ways that he has transformed us to being the beautiful, perfect gift that he wants, that he desires, that he will celebrate forever on that day in his glorious throne. You, me, and Walter, celebrating at that party the work he has done for us the work he has done in us and the work he has done through us. That is the perfect gift that Jesus wants and celebrates today and forever. Amen.